0: Welcome to Unexplained Oregon. Hi, Kim.
1: Hello, Christine.
0: I'm so glad we're back this week to do part two of this crazy utopian sex cult red rope
1: wearing. (laughs) Wild, wild country.
0: Wild, wild country of antelope Oregon. Yeah. Part two. You said it's going to get crazier. A lot crazier. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear the rest of this. If you like what you've heard, if you like our podcast, don't forget to share, tell a friend, review us, DM us on our Instagram page or Facebook. Uh, we're also at unexplainedoregon at gmail dot com. We want to hear from you. Do you know more about the Rajneesh? Yeah, you know, things that we don't know. Have you heard things? Were you around during this time in Oregon? Anyway, let's take a listen to the next part of this. I'm so excited, Kim. Okay.
1: So we left off with our adorable city councilman from Antelope. He decided to snoop around, and uh, he ends up in hand with these meeting minutes. And what sparks him when he has these in hand, he notices Mm – a lot of these meeting minutes say shred this after and so that grabs his attention and he kind of discovers this corruption on the ranch between Sheila and the way they're treating people and you know, they're staging elections. They've chosen the mayor, uh which usually you have to hold an election to choose a mayor. So mm-hmm. what he I was does wondering about that. Yeah. What he does is he ends up turning all this evidence that he finds over to Dave Frohnmeyer, another well-known name from Oregon. He was actually the 15th president of the University of Oregon. Okay. Uh, At the time in 1980, he was elected to attorney general for the state of Oregon, a very well-educated man from Harvard. Uh, It was... Interesting, it was said that he was family friends with Bill Bowerman's family.
0: Interesting. Yeah,
1: thought that was very interesting. So, uh, our city councilman turns over these meeting minutes to the attorney general for our state and kind of discovers this corruption. And once Dave Fronmeyer was involved, they were able to file a lawsuit against the Rajneeshis. Okay, And this really does take off our story. Basically, the government's take was the Rajneeshis are not a legal government. They're not Mm -hmm. a legal city because you cannot legally develop a city based on a religion.
0: Interesting.
1: It poses a lot of issues with the school systems and whatnot. And so the government's take was... It's a null and void city. You can't elect a mayor. You have to hold an election. Mm-hmm. And through these meeting minutes, they discover and, you know, all this stuff going on, on the ranch. And that mayor KD from the ranch goes on the media. And again, he's uh, very arrogant as well at this point and basically declares a civil war. Mm-hmm. And says, no, you know, on the Rajneeshi's side, again, they just they don't want to hurt anyone. Stop u- using legislation to try to destroy us. Right. Mm-hmm. They claim that the attorney that I talked about earlier, he he's on there saying that the state of Oregon actually appointed a special task force in Salem to defend against the Rajneeshi's. And, and, you know, their claim was that's ridiculous. We're not hurting anybody. They're the ones that are, you know, starting this full-out war is kind of what their take is. So Sheila has this huge house on the compound. And she she's named it Jesus Grove.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. And it's said that that's where all the important people are. Right? The people making the decisions for the ranch.
0: Okay.
1: I remind you that any communication going on to the Bogwan goes to Sheila. And anything said that the Bogwan wants anyone to know, Sheila is telling people. Okay, so no one's talking directly to Bogwan; It's just Sheila.
0: Is Sheila in love with the Bogwan?
1: So it's very interesting because <laughs> when you <laughs> watch... The show, you kind of feel like everyone involved is in love with the Bogwan, okay. right? They're very infatuated with this man. Makes so sense. So I would say yes, there yeah. is a sense of being in love with him. Okay. And, and we'll fight for you and we'll do anything for you. She really feels like the Bogwan is who she is supposed to be with. Yes. Okay. So I would say she is in love with him. So it's said that they have meetings every night, Sheila and the Bogwan. What starts to happen is she starts to orchestrate this crazy plan, and they start busing in homeless people into Oregon. And it's actually out there on the media. They go to Texas, California, Washington, D.C., I'm California. Mm-hmm. They go everywhere, and they find uh, they're going to, like, the missions, and they're finding homeless people. And they start busing these people into Oregon. Mm -hmm. And they're promising these homeless uh, people, hey, we have a place for you where you can actually become someone. And you can have a sense of community finally. We're a drug-free environment. You can only have two beers a day there. Mm -hmm. And we promise you that you will go there and you'll find yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And people are, I think the attorney is one of them, is in charge of going in finding these people. They have sinyasins out there finding homeless people and they're, they're greyhounding them to Oregon. And, you know, at first they put out on the media, hey, we're, we're helping people. We're, we're a place that's all about the people. And this should mm-hmm. be done everywhere, right? Needless to say, it does spark more paranoia in the town of Antelope because they don't know what's going on. More people are coming in now. I mean, think of how many came before, and now there's a lot more coming in. And they're being told, it's out there on the news, that they're they're targeting homeless people. They're going after these people. And so you're kind of watching this going, wow, you know, do they want to help people? But then you realize that the reason why they're doing this is so they can sway votes in the upcoming election.
0: Okay, so, gotcha.
1: You know, they developed this goal where really what they want to do is get in and become the Wasco County Commissioner. Mm-hmm. And because once you're in that position, they felt like they could make more of a difference and do more things and be allowed to do more things without facing this opposition in Oregon. Okay. So their whole goal was to get on the Wasco County commissioner position. And their take is, hey, we're good people. We're bringing people in. We're cleaning them. We're giving them dental care. We're giving them a sense of community. We're giving them a job. You know, these are people that don't have this. And we're helping them. On Oregon's side, Dave Fronmeier is saying out there in the media, hey, they're not a real city. So these people cannot vote in the upcoming election, right? Mm-hmm. You're a null and void city. Everyone that you're busing into the ranch should not be allowed to vote in the upcoming election. So there's there's major opposition still going on. Okay. So actually it shows a lot of the sinyasins now, the followers, being bused to the Dalles uh, in Oregon and... Another first in history, they go there to register to vote. And, and for the f- one of the first times in history, the Wasco County reserved the right to refuse new registrations. And that, that has really never been done. But they turn around and they say, hey, we're refusing your right to register to vote. Wow. Yeah. And so it causes complete chaos mm-hmm. with, these, with these people. And mind you, you know a lot of these people were homeless before they start rebelling and actually like they're pissed mm-hmm. that they can't vote, and they're being told now, hey, you can't vote, and they're pissed, and they're on the media actually saying it's our God-given right to vote, and you know they're pissed. It actually, so the
0: homeless people that were bused in from other places are trying to access resources maybe fix some things in their life and, and build their lives up and access
1: resources on the ranch yeah yeah okay
0: and now they're being told this is not really a city and you have no rights and you can't vote
1: exactly and they're okay.
0: pissed yeah
1: they're pissed one of them actually goes kind of bonkers and strangles sheila in public Okay. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of tension between the homeless people now, but some of them are turning toward turning it against the ranch, right? They don't care. They're just pissed, and they want to be pissed. Okay. And so they start to take it out on Sheila and, and everyone on the ranch, and they're they're described as an unruly group of homeless people on the ranch. <laughs> this is very crazy what happens, but what Sheila decides to do is start controlling these homeless people on the ranch through drugging them in the beer, okay? What? Exactly. Wait, she, she's
0: drugging them in their beer? Yeah, like what she starts drinking? to put,
1: put Haldol in the beer. Okay. And so it shows them uh, on the show, it shows them with their, you know, beer dispenser. And it said that she was drugging them that at this point she was pretty desperate because there was a lot of tension now with these homeless people. And so she needed a way to control them.
0: And okay. so, wow.
1: so you see them getting this beer and this one homeless guy's like, they have good beer here. <laughs> you know, it's, and they, uh, they start, they're doing dancing But on the, now it's more like lights and crazy, you know, it's just the way that Netflix edited it. But they they show all these dancing kind of like rave parties now where people are on Haldol and they're all drugged out at the ranch. Who knows if that went on, but it's said that that's how she was controlling the people. She starts to drug the people on the ranch.
0: Okay, so the they had basically just like a keg of beer for the for their yeah. people cakes yeah. of beer and then Insert halidol, which is a antipsychotic medication. Yes. Probably shouldn't be mixed with alcohol. Probably not. And, and so, so the dancing is getting more exciting.
1: More excited. the parties are getting way more exciting. I let me just tell you you have to see imagine. the video. It's like crazy. Don't you know. let your
0: kids watch this part Don't of the video watch either. It.
1: Exactly. I'm not you sure I it. want to watch it. You feel a little dizzy after, you know, watching okay. it. Again, so the it's the way Netflix good.
0: edited it. But. Sure. And the bear is really good on the ranch. Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, Sheila is actually now on the media, and she's she's still very arrogant and actually cussing. And she's, she's not so much professing the peace and respect. <laughs> it's more about this is what we're going to do and we're going to defend. Okay. And so kind of hypocritical. From what their first philosophy, you know, okay. was with what they came came here with. So she takes this key group of people that's at Jesus Grove with her. Mm-hmm. And these are the key people that have been been with her since Pune, right? Okay. And she starts to talk about murdering people. And Jane is in there. And she she's describing these conversations that she's having with Sheila that are now turning towards who can we murder in the state of Oregon? Let's get rid of Dave Fronmeyer, <laughs> right? Okay. Let's let's start murdering these people. And the attorney that's been involved with the Bhagwan is on there. And there's just this real weird part in the Netflix show where he's talking about there's a darkness inside all of us. And it's just really strange because whereas before they were professing this peaceful, this peacefulness inside all of us and Mm -hmm. now that you can just kind of see where they turn they take it to the dark side man and they're and it's just it's it's really interesting when you watch the show
0: wait so where is osho where is osho's on
1: the ranch but as you but he's silent osho's been in silence and how long
0: has he been in silence long time like years?
1: Mm, years. All communication though is done through Sheila.
0: Do you think she's actually talking with him or is he just silent all the time?
1: It said and she said that they had a meeting every night where they oh, would go right. in and talk. So she was having an actual conversation with a bogwan, but she was the only one. So okay. Was he
0: drinking the beer also? (laughs) Could have been. Could have been. Definitely could have
1: been on Haldol.
0: Haldol and beer.
1: Yeah. Around this time, because of Dave Fronmeyer's case, Wasco County Senior Planning Commissioner was ordered to go in and assess the situation on the ranch. They were going to go in and determine what was built on the ranch probably and see because at this point they didn't really know right mm-hmm. and so finally they could go in and really see what was built there and this is interesting he remembers being stopped by the mayor Mayor KD at these three single wide mobile homes on the property and stops and doesn't actually go in to investigate and KD tells them their supplies, their supplies for the ranch and they're steered away from the mobile homes Well, if they had just gone into those mobile homes that day, they would have discovered that those mobile homes were actual labs, kind of scary, and they would have stopped a lot of what happened next in our story if they would have just investigated those mobile homes and not taken Katie's word. For some reason, they did. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, interesting.
1: So uh, around this well, time, let's
0: take a break for our ad now. For <laughs> <Quip>. yeah, exactly, <laughs> we're going to go to break. We're going to go, go make go to a, a waffle and get a beer. Yes, with Hallidoll. With Hallidoll. <laughs> okay. Okay. Whew. Okay. We're so back. There's some. Tra- <laughs> there are trailers. Yes, that there's are these set mobile up homes. on the property. They and... should have
1: investigated, and they okay. didn't. Okay. Uh, in the community of Antelope, people start getting sick, what? and yeah, and there's this huge salmonella outbreak, which is a bacteria-based outbreak, mostly found in food and water. Okay. The symptoms from that are diarrhea, fever, and chills, and an intense abdominal pain.
0: Okay, and, so people in the town are yeah finding themselves sick and they
1: really don't know the state of Oregon comes in and they they try to determine what's causing this you know there's a little there's something in the back of people's head that the Rajneeshis have caused this right okay and uh but they don't know for sure and they really try to track down what's the cause of this and they actually couldn't Mm -hmm. they release out on the media and they blame it on the food handlers And the Rajneeshis come out and say, Hey, if we're going to infect you, we're going to infect you with joy. We're not going to infect. Yeah. They're pretty arrogant. And so they really couldn't determine what was happening, but a lot of people became ill. Okay. Right. It was one of the biggest salmonella outbreaks to date to that point. So there's a, there's a feeling of desperation on the ranch. And, she, and, and Jane describes these meetings with Sheila where she's almost turning desperate. What can we do here? Who can we murder? How can we stop this? How can we get ahead type of attitude, right? Okay. And, and Jane's not okay with it. She's definitely feeling an internal struggle here. And around this time, a Hollywood crowd came into the ranch. Yeah. And there's this woman referred to as Hacia on this show. She was actually married to the producer of the movie Godfather, right? Oh,
0: wow.
1: Yeah. She's introduced to the human potential movement, and she starts to host these huge parties in L.A., tapping into her Hollywood crowd. I'm sure there was many of them. This new, way, new agey way of thinking, you know, meditate and yoga and that type of thing. And she starts having these huge parties and starts bringing in a lot of money. For them. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And ends up moving to the ranch. And it's said that Sheila didn't like that, right? Hmm. It was just a new crowd. And they refer to them as the Hollywood crowd. And so okay. before the Bogwan was only talking to Sheila, it was now said that he was talking to Hacia. And Sheila didn't like this. And Hasia was introducing shiny things to the Bogwan, like a million-dollar watch. Before, wow. he wasn't into shiny things, but he was starting to get enamored, it sounded like, with the money coming in and what that was bringing. I mean, he did have 17 Rolls Royces before, so, he, you know, the guy liked money. So, Sheila starts feeling very threatened of Hasia. And kind of the last straw with Sheila and the Bach one is he wants to set up a separate corporation and have Hacia in charge of it. Okay. And and she's pissed. Sheila's pissed. At this point, she's like, what the fudge? I've stood up for you. I've defended us. I, I will do anything to defend us. And you are being brainwashed by this hollywood crowd and, okay and and i don't like it so,
0: so they're starting sh- to have a follow a falling, falling
1: out, out <laughs> with between sheila and the bogwan which yeah. up until this point has never happened so sheila ends up <laughs> this is crazy she ends up bugging the bogwans room to listen to these conversation that he's having with hacia
0: Right.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So she's taping every conversation and she discovers that the Bogwan starts to talk about this doomsday and he wants to build underground bunkers on the ranch. His whole purpose there is because the world's going to end and and people can go down into these bunkers and then reemerge as a new man. And then Sheila starts snooping around and she finds a prescription that was prescribed to the Bogwan for Valium and laughing gas. And she starts to put out there he's being drugged. These people are drugging him at this point and trying to control him. And she's pissed. And she goes to the Bogwan and she says, "What are you doing? You know mm-hmm. you're you're taking drugs and that is the one way that the government can come in and get us. Like you're, you're, you're opening the opportunity for all these bad things. We don't want to be shut down. You know, you need to get it under control, Bhagwan. <laughs> right?
0: Okay, so she's putting medication and beer, but she's like, okay, exactly. Bogwan, you cannot, or mm-hmm. be careful. There could be. I mean, maybe she was. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Wow.
1: So, I know. The Bhagwan tells her, uh, basically, mind your own business. Okay. Okay. And she's, she's, she's really upset at this point. She's desperate still, and she doesn't know what to do, but she's still there. She's still there on the ranch. Yeah. Meanwhile, the government's still after the Rajneeshi's, and they're really going after them now through immigration that's the one another way that they could go in he had applied for a religious work visa and was denied the first time and the attorney is on there and he's he's basically saying they start going after us with an immigration issue that being they would take these homeless people that they were bring in and they would actually take people and, and take them to a new city and have those people get married and then come back to Oregon. And so Oregon was saying, hey, you can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. There's a huge immigration issue going on on this compound, and, and you cannot do these things. So uh, they were saying, because he's been silent for so long, he can't be a religious leader. And mm-hmm. so therefore, he can't file for that religious work visa because he's been silent for so long. How in the hell is he teaching his religion? And so that's really one way they tried to go after them. But for some reason, on February 16th, 1984, the INS did grant him a working visa as a religious and teacher leader. Okay. Which is kind of strange. And they really viewed it as they had won. They put it out there, yeah, we won... So the U.S. state's district attorney was actually on the show and he's saying it was one of the largest immigration scandals in the United States.
0: Oh so, my goodness. I know.
1: Another, another huge first for us. So around this time there was a congressman named Turner and he was pretty instrumental in leading the fight against the Rajneeshis and it was said Jane says that Sheila called her in and actually developed this plot for Jane to go kill him. Wow. And Jane was really torn, but at this point she was willing to do whatever Sheila said. And it's very interesting watching this. The lengths that someone will go to to stand mm-hmm. up for what they believe in. You know, mm-hmm. is pretty scary, and and she's still torn, but she's right in it. And the show features a journalist who has been in Oregon his whole life, and he starts to investigate the Rajneeshis around this time, and he uncovers this huge story. Uh, it was a twenty-page spread. It listed a lot of corruption. And he actually investigated them before they moved to the U.S. and realized that there was immigration issues then, tax issues, smuggling of gold, arson cases. There was a lot of corruption with these people before they entered our country, basically. And he discovers this. Okay. So Sheila starts to let the homeless people go on the ranch she's Mm -hmm. at the point where she's she doesn't know what to do and it shows on the media these homeless people they just take them pull them off the ranch put them on a bus and they uh, start sending them to the dalles they all the neighboring towns yeah my gosh and a lot of the homeless people just ended up in the little town of antelope just off the ranch they were kicked off the ranch Wow. Some of them left kicking and screaming. They didn't want to leave. They had been brought here and promised sure. things, and now they're being told, "Get off our mm-hmm. ranch." Okay. Right? Because really what, what their plan there to sway those votes didn't happen because a number of Oregonians stepped up and voted in the election and which is great and they weren't allowed to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish with the gotcha. Wasco County Commissioner, okay. So everybody, so it vote. backfired. It's very important.
0: <laughs> Go out yeah. and vote.
1: Vote, people, yeah. vote.
0: It can make a difference. It does
1: make it. It made a difference in this case. So Sheila starts to take these homeless people off the ranch. A lot of these people ended up in the town of Madras in Portland. Basically, on the media, it was lock your doors because who knows what these people are going to do. You know, there's going to be a lot of crime now. I mean, you know, you and I have both expressed that we in no way, shape or form want to bash the homeless situation going on in our state. And, And there is a homeless situation going on in our state. But you could see where this would cause more paranoia in the state, you know and it did. So.
0: Right. I mean, it's, you know, whether it's the media exploiting it, but to put it out there that because someone doesn't have stable housing implies that they are more, um, less more inclined to commit crime doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily add up. But, you know, I think definitely in like the 80s, we probably had a less less of an understanding. I think people still think that now that if someone's homeless, that it's mm-hmm. maybe chosen or um, it's complicated. Right. And it's it, complicated. Complicated. it sounds <laughs> like it was complicated then as these people were br- being brought in from other states and then left to fend for themselves without any. Resources and also maybe worse off than they were before, especially if they were, you know, drinking all day and 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 using drugs. Sure, and now they're addicted
1: just, to held all I mean, <laughs> come
0: on, or whatever substance they had access to. Who knows, right? Who knows? So it did get um, me
1: thinking. It really did get
0: me thinking about our state. You know, mm-hmm. it's.
1: It, really interesting. for sure I mean we Lisa. definitely have
0: it's complicated in the state of Oregon right now it, and it sounds like it has been for a while mm-hmm. maybe this is like we've talked about we were kids so our awareness around this topic and um, right. the influx of the homeless population you know where did where did it start where did it go right. back but I mean we we do have a complicated situation a, a real lack of affordable housing throughout the state is a huge part of this. Um, Right. So interesting that this history. Okay. Yeah.
1: So around this time, uh, some more weird happenings were happening. Where 1984, the planning office for Wasco County was set on fire. Mm -hmm. Another weird thing. Everyone in the town of Antelope and some government officials involved in the case against them received a box of chocolates. And the chocolates on the outside of the box said, thank you for supporting the Columbia Gorge. And some of them actually ate the chocolates. (laughs) Okay. And it was found in one of the chocolates, a little pinprick and something was inserted into those chocolates. Yeah. So weird things happening. There was an interview with Bill Hughes, a government official who was actually on, on the ranch around the time they were investigating those buildings. He reported being served a glass of water from the ranch and then becoming really ill afterwards. Wow. Yeah. Really crazy. Uh, that journalist that had the 20 page spread was told, you better watch out. They could be after you, right? You better watch your back. And so he was pretty scared. There was supposed plots to blow up courthouses. A lot of weird things going on in Oregon at this time, right? Sheila was still deteriorating. She was very paranoid about this Hollywood crowd. There was tension, you know, between them. And she had the, the Bogwans room wired and she was listening to these tapes, right? And Mayor KD was actually helping her listen to the tapes. He was concerned as well. Right? So there was some key players in there with Sheila, not so much the Bogwan, but they were backing up Sheila. Okay? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And she discovers through these tapes that the Bogwan has developed this plan and what he wants to do is uh, orchestrate his own suicide on stage on July 6th. And he's talking about t- talking to the doctor about obtaining what drugs does he need to shut his body down and, and do this. And Sheila learns of this. And so she goes to Jane, her, her good shooter, her, mm-hmm. her, her person that stood by her to this point, And she's at Jesus Grove with her. And she says, Jane, uh, you are going to, to take this syringe of drugs and you're going to shoot it into the doctor because their plan is to give the medicine to the Bogwan so he dies and we don't want that happening. So here's a syringe of drugs. You're going to take this and you're going to shoot it into Bogwan's doctor. Okay. And Jane's kind of standing there still willing to do this, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, Jane... She, at this point, she's like, okay, the Bogwan can't die. Like that, mm-hmm. we can't. And that's really where she was coming from. And so she talks about this plan and where they're, they're there at the master event and everyone's in stage two. Of the oh, boy. Therapy. Oh, boy. So it's her one opportunity to, <gasps> you know, get it in. And she's standing behind it, uh, behind the doctor. And as they're dancing, she takes the syringe and she pushes it into him. I think it was like his buttocks. And she kind of watches him and she pulls it out really quick. And she watches, she watches him stumble away. And he kind of looks at her. And then really creepily, she says she looked at him and acted like nothing like nothing happened like she didn't Mm -hmm. know what was wrong i thought that was weird and she kind of watches him stumble away and then she explains walking back to jesus grove by herself and realizing at that point she needed to get out that what Mm -hmm. she did stood against everything what brought her there Mm -hmm. and she at that point you know after she put the syringe in she realizes, "Oh my gosh, what did I just do?" And she's in shock almost. So Does she go
0: and find him and she, like try to. She help doesn't.
1: Him? He ends up surviving the oh, incident. God. By the way, okay. um, but she doesn't. She's she's kind of in shock. Basically, an internal shot, like internal struggle going on. Like, what the hell? I just mm-hmm. killed someone. At that point, she thought she had killed him. So the Bogwan ends up not getting those drugs and orchestrating his own suicide by the way. But Sheila then decides to leave the Bogwan. And it's a huge thing because yeah. you know she's been following him since 1972 to this point. She's mm-hmm. she's been very invested and what like you said in love with him, I mm-hmm. would say. And she She decides to leave, and she's on the show saying she knows when she made this decision that she would be excommunicated, right? I mean, they were going to do everything they could to really bring a case against Sheila. I mean, she knew it would bring bad things, but she did it anyway. She felt like she had to leave. She talks about burning her bridges and moving forward and just realizing that the bog one who she met before is not the bog one now and she needs mm-hmm. to leave him. So on September 13th, 1985, she left the ranch with about 20 people and it was pretty secretive. She didn't tell anyone and Jane was with her. Right. Okay. And so the attorney that we've been talking about, he finds out and he's shocked. He's just like in shock and really he talks about how everyone on the ranch is just shocked that Sheila left because this is who, really, they got all their information from, you know. Mm-hmm. Bhagwan was talking through her. I mean, they they were shocked and didn't know what to think. And the Bhagwan came out of silence at this point, And he Convenient. was pissed, right? He's pissed that Sheila left. And so he starts to release these press conferences where they actually invite the media in and they're held at that big convention center. And he is really pissed. And and it's interesting because you watch him talking about this and you no longer see that smiley, (laughs) peaceful face that I talked about before. You see a dark man, like, really pissed off about her and it's all really directed towards her and he's saying that she was fired and that she she was bad and she should have never left the master like that's what he's telling the people and the people are very very confused right he tells them that hey Sheila has been taking advantage of my silence this is actually what's been going on she has plots to murder people She's wired everybody's house in Antelope. She uh, she has some pretty pretty inhumane plans put in place to hurt some government officials. So he starts telling everybody this. It's a huge story on the media. And now you see this war between Sheila and Bhagwan.
0: Gotcha. Right? Again, but- kind of showing maybe the decline or the inability of them to access these tools that they had been sharing with other people to promote this idea right Right. their philosophy isn't actually working for them it sounds like it's
1: kind of yeah deteriorating right before their eyes so Sheila and Jane actually fled to Germany and uh Sheila, at this point, is saying to her 20 followers, because she has 20 followers with her now, it was all a con. It was all about money. And uh, <laughs> hate to tell you, but we were conning you from day one. So she's really denouncing the whole thing, Sheila, is at this point to these 20 people, which is very interesting, right? And the Bhagwan's pissed. And Sheila's denying all allegations of trying to kill people, right? And she's Mm -hmm. basically scared for her life, she's saying, because she knows what the sannyasins will do. So she starts perpetuating more fear, saying, hey, I'm scared because I know exactly what they can do. They're going to come after me and kill me. I'm in danger. She, at this point, feels like her whole mission is to protect her and her 20 followers, in Germany mm-hmm. and and they're they're glad they got off the ranch. So there was description of what happened on the ranch after this happened. This woman Isabel is on the show and she she had been involved with them from the get-go as well and she describes it as being this horrible uncertainty on on the ranch. This bomb had gone off basically mm. on the ranch and so it caused this horrible horrible sadness on the ranch and they didn't know what was going on and the attorney kind of comes out and he says hey we should be happy we should be relieved if they don't want to be here they don't want to be here let's keep going with this let's you know let's do this and they appoint that attorney as the mayor now so our attorney that we've been talking about is now the mayor and they appoint hacia as the head secretary for the Bogwan. So our Hollywood crowd is now running the ranch with the Bogwan. And she starts to actually go on a media tour and kind of, uh, in my opinion, trying to do some damage control, you know, going, going back to that, Hey, we're, we don't want to hurt anybody attitude. She's not quite as arrogant as Sheila on there. She's a little bit more humble. And the attorney, our mayor now at this point, Phil, he, he's working directly with the Hollywood crowd. And their main goal is still to dis- you know, sustain Rajneesh Puram. They still want this place alive. Mm-hmm. They're still willing to work together and do whatever it takes. So what happened was once the Bhagwan broke silence and, and released those press conferences... That opened the door for the FBI to come in and it was the one mistake that he did. So basically he shouldn't have talked about the attempted murder and the arsons and the and, and wire tapping because what what that allowed to happen was the FBI was able to come in for the first time and investigate what was going on on the ranch okay. Right? And so the attorney on there is, at this point, he's working with them, you know, and he's like, come in, you know, we don't have anything to hide, go, you know, come in, we'll work with you, we're not going to do anything here, come in, we're an open book type of thing. And so this sparks a huge state and federal investigation against the ranch that, Mayor Phil, our attorney, he turns over those tapes that Sheila had. And so it sounds like they're working with them. Mm -hmm. And they let them go in and do searches on the ranch. They release this video of Jesus Grove. And it's really crazy because underneath the swimming pool, there's a huge like in-ground swimming pool. Underneath there, there's like a secret... Bunker that can be accessed through Sheila's bathroom.
0: What the yeah. hell? Yeah,
1: and so uh, down there, there's like this bunker with a lot of rooms, a hot tub down in there, and then it, and then there's this separate tunnel that takes you out onto the property. So kind of weird, you know. They really they release all these. Weird things. Uh, another first, it was actually known to that point as one of the largest wiretapping investigations in the US wow. because they had the whole town of Gover- of Antelope wired. <laughs> and they were trying to figure, you know, stuff mm-hmm. out. Along with this investigation, of course, they they and these tapes they discovered, uh, attempted murder plots, battery plots, assault plots, a plan to kill Dave Fronmeyer. They actually harassed Dave's daughter with a bloody dead animal on her doorstep. This is all in there, they discover. So there's some stalking charges it is confirmed that they were the ones that did the salmonella outbreak. So they figure oh out, uh, okay, these people. And how they did that is in those labs, they were able to grow the salmonella and then somehow took it to different salad bars. Yeah, I'm never going to oh. eat at another friggin' salad bar again, man, okay. like after hearing this. And they were able to somehow sprinkle the bacteria onto the salad bars. And, yeah, kind of crazy. Wow. Really scary. And that was said to be a dry run for Election Day. Okay. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Another crazy, crazy thing that was released, and they don't... This could be a rumor. They don't know if this one was true, but it said that they were trying to poison the water system in Antelope. And so... Beavers, I guess, are known to have high bacteria, carry high bacteria. So they actually tried to take beavers, live beavers, and put them into the water system. And when they went to go do that, they couldn't get into the big cavity thing. They had some issues getting the beavers in. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: it's it's allegedly reported that they... Blended up dead beavers and then poured that into the water system.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> I know
1: it's so crazy. They don't know if that's true, but you know it, it's said that that was done. So around this time, the INS—they're really cracking down on the Bogwan, right? They—they. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, it sounds like they. Everybody wants them out. They wanted to get Bogwan. And they wanted to get Sheila. And so, Mm. and they really wanted to do that together. They didn't want to go after one and not the other. And so they kept this investigation going. And the Rajneeshis were kind of standing and, and professing that they wanted to help them find Sheila, right? We want to help you find Sheila, but we also want to protect our ranch. Mm -hmm. So around this time, the Bhagwan comes out and he denounces the robes right mm-hmm. and he says shed your robes people we should have never done that which is strange and he wants to basically debrain America from politics and religion he wants everyone to be free open your arms open your energy take off your robes wear what you want let's burn them so they actually burn the robes and the people are allowed to dress in whatever they want for the first time wow. in a while.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And Sheila says on the show, well that only shows how how sad he was to leave to not have me anymore. Them burning everything that that really only shows how sorry he was to lose me. She's mm. a very confident woman. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So there is a media frenzy to find her and she's still in Germany. They're running out of money. Basically need money. Sheila needs money at this point. She has 20 followers. She decides to do a full spread with Stern magazine and which was a popular magazine in Germany and they pay they pay Sheila money and house her in Joist Germany and do this spread. Of, of what's going on and release some pretty crazy photos. There's one of her sitting there with the mayor naked. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And that's
0: in the magazine. That's in the magazine.
1: Uh, and so they release this article. The FBI now knows, you know, where Sheila is at. But like I said before, they want to go in and their whole goal is to get the Bogwan. Mm-hmm. They don't want the ranch anymore, but they, they want to hold the Bhagwan responsible for what they have found out. And they also want to hold Sheila responsible. Sure. And so they start going in and what's described on the Rajneesh side is they're breaking windows. They're coming in and just destroying the ranch. Coming in and taking any box they find with any documentation and just walking out with it sounds like a full on raid going on on the ranch. Basically, what they do is they try to find an insider because what they need at that point is really someone that was directly involved with Sheila and the bug one and mm-hmm. that will really seal their case here sure. right to go after. So them. a
0: witness, a, a real witness, witness that's someone willing to testify.
1: That's willing and they really can't. They they try to find someone for a while and no one is willing to talk. And they're like, "Okay, what the hell?" But then guess who comes back to talk? Mayor KD. That mayor creepy mayor.
0: KD. Yeah.
1: I don't know. The guy is just you're going to have to watch it and tell me what you think about the guy. Okay. So, like I said before, he was on there, and he's the one that was very arrogant on the media initially defending the Rajneeshis. Now he's kind of turning his tune, and to save his own self, mm-hmm. he's going to rat out what's going on, and he ends up pleading guilty to avoid prosecution and he does agree to turn evidence over to Dave Fronmeyer. Wow. So KD turns turns on them and uh, gets this ball rolling. Sheila describes KD now as being a disgusting coward, and she really feels like he sold his people out to sell himself. Right? Mm. I mean, does it shock you though? It didn't. It doesn't shock me. It really does.
0: Interesting though. But she's willing to do a spread in a magazine for money and. Right, So it's kind of double standards happening here.
1: Very, yes. Throughout the whole story, there is, really. So now that they have this evidence from KD, they're actually able to file 30 counts of fraud on the Bogwan. And they're ready to go in. They're ready to arrest the Bogwan, right? Mm -hmm. They finally have what they need to go in and arrest him. They know where Sheila's at, but they also know that they need to get to Sheila before she goes to Switzerland, because once she does that, she can't be extradited. Sure. So there's okay. a little push here. Where do they go here? Once they're able to arrest him and they need the help of officials, you know, mm-hmm. it took a couple days because the state of Oregon was not willing to go into the ranch, a known place... That had ammunition, right, Mm -hmm. and could cause a huge threat to everyone in the community. What they really thought was this is going to spark, they're going to retaliate and they're going to, you know. It was reported that they had 17,000 rounds of ammunition, 20 semi-automatic Uzis, 96 Russian AK-47s with 1 million rounds of ammunition, okay? At Mm -hmm. that time, that was more than the entire state of Oregon had.
0: Wow. Oh my so gosh.
1: they were scared. They were very apprehensive about just not planning, you know, and going in and getting them, especially because now at this point, Asia, the, our head secretary lady, sh- she was spouting, Hey, we're not going to start shooting, but we definitely will come back in self defense. Mm-hmm. Right. So we will defend ourselves. So they were ready to defend their property. The National Guard actually came in and uh, surrounded the property. They were anticipating a full-on assault towards the community from the Rajneeshis, and they were getting prepared. You know, they were surrounding the ranch and talking to the townspeople, and one of the townspeople that's on the show was saying at that time he was hearing target practice on the ranch every day. Mm Mm-hmm. So, really, they were planning to come in and get the Bogwan, but that didn't happen because in the middle of the night, the night before they planned to do their raid, the Bogwan took off on two jets and left the ranch. (laughs) Fucking coward. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, he abandons the ranch. Guess what he does? He leaves his people. Hey, wow. I'm leaving. I don't know, you know, screw you. <laughs> gotta save myself. <laughs> and he leaves. So the search was on then at that point for the Bogwan. They knew he was in the air and very interesting. The Coast Guard actually tracked the plane and knew exactly somehow where that plane was set to refuel. Mm-hmm. And they tracked the plane. It ended up in. Charlotte, North Carolina, and they had suspicions that he was on his way to Bermuda because once you go to Bermuda, you can't be extradited, so they really felt like he was on his way there, and they needed to stop him at the pass. Around that time, they went in and arrested Sheila, Mm -hmm. and they charged her for attempted murder and conspiracy to commit assault. And they ended up apprehending the Bogwan at, in Charlotte, North Carolina, where his plane landed. And wow. they go in and surround the plane and it was said that he was hiding behind a seat when they went in and they grabbed him and, and brought him out. So yeah, everyone's in custody and uh, it's kind of interesting because the little community in Charlotte starts to sell t-shirts and capitalize yeah on what's going on man and and the people start to get kind of fascinated with this bogwan, right Mm -hmm. his face is now getting put on t-shirts and there's you know people out there going hey just leave him alone and you know they're you know it's just interesting to go back and look at what happened there Our attorney, which is our mayor, Phil, he is now representing the Bhagwan, and Mm -hmm. he's actually one of the only people allowed to go in there and talk to him, and he describes the whole experience and gets pretty emotional talking about Mm -hmm. it on the show and says actually that he goes in and realizes that the Bhagwan is still the same man that he knew. Mm. And so somehow Phil is still connected with this man and he and he sees something there that is holding him in. And what he sees is an awkwardness and embarrassment mm. with the Bhagwan. He doesn't see the arrogance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's still willing to represent him. According to the attorney, all they had on the Bogwan was a marriage fraud case, and it was a complete political situation. According to him, they didn't have a case. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting listening to that side of it. He goes into why he believes that. And the government's take was, you know, we need, we needed to arrest him and get him in our custody before he took off to Bermuda, Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Because once that happened, we could never get him back and hold him accountable for what's happened in our state. So in Germany, Jane's arrested and uh, two other women in, in that following are arrested and they're held up on charges. Jane is held up on charges for attempted murder. For trying to kill that doctor. Okay. Okay. And they bring Sheila back. And they they describe an interview. That they have with her. Because at this point. They want to get you know as much information. Bob Weaver the former assistant U.S. attorney. Describes this conversation. He has with Sheila. Where she's very forthcoming. She has absolutely. Mm -hmm. No empathy. And she's pretty arrogant still. So Sheila mm-hmm. is definitely standing by why she did what she did. And mm-hmm. uh, the Bogwan is in our custody. It takes them over three weeks to, to transport him back to Oregon. And what they do with him is they bus him to different prisons around the United States and house him. And it's coming from the attorney. They didn't treat him very well. Yeah. Wow. So they have him in custody, but, you know, he spends time in a prison in Oklahoma, you know, throughout the U.S. and in California, and they track him, and they're getting him back to Oregon, but they're not treating him very well. Mm -hmm. So by this time, Sheila pleads guilty, and she gets four and a half years in prison. She had to agree to leave the United States once she served her time and she was ordered to pay 469,000 in fines. Yeah. Wow. And Jane was convicted uh for 10 years for trying to kill that doctor. She actually served her time in a federal prison. They didn't put her in Oregon. They were scared that someone would would retaliate against her. So she was actually thankful for having to serve her time Sir. in federal okay. prison really sad because she she talks about being in prison and when she left the compound she left her son there and she Mm. talks about having these conversations with her son now finally and he comes to visit her and he explains to her how abandoned he felt and Mm -hmm. she just goes through this horrible internal struggle and guilt For leaving her son. And it's just, it's really sad. You start to really empathize with Jane and how Mm -hmm. she just gets pulled into this. I'm getting emotional about it. Yeah. It's just really sad. She kind of sits in prison and realizes what happened, you know, and she really damages her son.
0: I mean, the sacrifice that she made, I'm sure, like you said, in the moment, when she was a part of, of that community to be that involved to where you could be convinced that this was the right thing to do to actually kill someone. I mean, she clearly wasn't probably in the healthiest place in her life to, um, and, and you hear stories about people falling victim to, to this type of thing. And then, you know, they do the, commit these crimes that they would never normally commit or it doesn't align with their values, but here she is. So I can't even imagine what that was like for her to to actually get clarity and, and come out from it and then realize right. what she had really done and how it has impacted yes. her child. Someone right? who she
1: probably should have put first about the Bhagwan. First? You know, in all actuality. Yeah. And she realizes that. The Bhagwan... Ends up pleading guilty, and because basically, at this point, the government just wants him out. He ends up pleading Mm -hmm. guilty, and that attorney orchestrates a plea bargain where he pleads guilty, and he's ordered to leave the country, and they describe the day that that happened in the courtroom as being very eerie, just a very eerie atmosphere in the courtroom the day that this all went down.
0: Like, eerie how, um,
1: do you think? Just the atmosphere amongst the people, I guess. Yeah, it's okay. just strange. You're going to have to go watch it. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, basically, Oregon celebrates. Bhagwan leaves on an airplane with 12 sinyasins. It's on the media. He's saying goodbye. He kind of turns and does his namaste to people and bows and gets on his plane. It's, it's really weird. And of course, uh, media storm develops in our country. Johnny Carson is on his show and he actually has a song, Bye Bye Bogwan. And he, you know, is singing it with everyone and it just creates this, another crazy media storm in our country where people, Mm -hmm. you know, take advantage of what's going on and try to make a buck. uh, Sure. So around the winter of 1985, people are on the ranch, but now they have to leave the ranch, right? And they're sad, and they don't want to leave the ranch. But it shows them packing up a lot of these people, some of those same homeless people that were bussed in, right? It shows one of them, and he's like, I'm not leaving mm. until they actually come in and drag me out, you know, they're... They just, they don't want to leave, and they're sad to leave (laughs) the place, but they do. They end up, everyone ends up leaving the ranch, and it actually set uh, sat there untouched until 1991. Uh, A man named Dennis Washington came in and bought it, and it was pretty desolate and abandoned and overgrown. So all those A-frame houses were all overgrown. Yeah, Uh, it shows, it's pretty eerie. It's a pretty eerie scene. And Oregon, the little town of Oregon, of Antelope, they're so happy they start ripping down all those street signs and putting back their main street sign and they're, they're getting back to Mm -hmm. normal and they're, I guess there's a feel of, wow, we can breathe again back in Oregon, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: there's still, there is no school in in the little town of Antelope because everyone pretty much left when this happened. So there's still is there's still no school there today. It's still a pretty sleepy little town. Uh yeah, crazy. Wow. And uh but they finally got their town back. And some of those people okay. are on the show and uh you know, they're just relieved. Relieved that it was over and relieved that they they don't mm. have to sit there in paranoia anymore. So, uh around 1987, the media released an interview with Sheila, right? They go into the prison and they interview her and it's just, man, she's just something else. She is still very, very arrogant. And she actually looks in the camera and says, Oregon missed out. You know, Oregon, you missed out because you didn't understand. You didn't want to understand, and then when they asked her if she was sorry that she made all those people sick with the salmonella, she was like, no, people get sick all the time. Like she, she was just very. <laughs> people yeah.
0: get sick all the time exactly. at sea school. Serves horrible. them right
1: for eating in a salad bar, you know? Yeah, I don't think I'll ever frequent another salad. I haven't been to a salad bar in a while, obviously.
0: And but we'll now I'll again. have
1: major, I'll <laughs> never go to one again without thinking about this, for sure. So then the Bhagwan goes back to India. He, he moves back to Pune, India, and he still has his followers. That's where he changes his name to Osho. He denounces basically the the human potential movement. It's done. It's done. He focuses. It's yeah, he still done. has some followers, and so he's starting to bring more people in. But it didn't seem to be as intense, right? I didn't see any stage two going on. So uh, a little bit more mellow <laughs> in his teachings. He's learned the error okay. of his ways. He's probably They're wearing white robes now, not red. So it's a little okay, bit okay. White robes, <laughs> a little different, and. The show actually interviews Jane, and she's 43 and out of prison. She was released from prison when she was 43 years old, and Mm -hmm. here she is ready to start her life over. And she's living in Germany, and she opens up a juice bar in Germany, and she's just living her life and not practicing Rajneesh or anything. And her son ends up with a brain tumor, really sad. And she has an agreement that she can't leave Germany. And she realizes that she can't go to her son, who's in Australia, who's dying of a brain mm-hmm. tumor. And this, this thing that's haunted her for so long is still tying her. And the most important thing to her right now is her son, who has a brain tumor, and she can't go to mm-hmm. him. And so she actually comes back to Oregon to face... Some other charges because she and the reason why she can't leave is because there's some charges held up against her for that attempted murder plot against that government official Turner, and so okay uh, she has to face these charges and she comes back Mm -hmm. to the federal courthouse. Prosecutors want to prosecute her, and they they're they're going after her, and then she's told to read her statement to the judge. And she reads her whole statement, right? And she tells her whole story. And it's very emotional. Basically, the judge tells her, there are times in life where we need to show mercy. And I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And kind of realizes that she's been through a lot and he lets her go. Yeah, and it's a really emotional part in this story. The interview, I was bawling just because... She describes, actually, when the judge tells her, you know, I'm going to drop these charges, she describes looking out into the crowd, and there's FBI agents that are happy for her, right? And there's people, Mm -hmm. and and she describes the people in the courtroom were happy for her. And then she finally, Mm -hmm. she kind of comes to this epiphany They weren't against us, you know, this whole time. Mm -hmm. She was willing to kill for this, you know, kill another person. And she kind of realizes how outrageous it is, how against she, she felt against these people. And she looks out, and they're happy for her, you know. It's just a really...
0: So maybe she she had distorted what the truth was For in Sheila. her mind and maybe obviously had gotten you know
1: yes by it's Sheila. really emotional really okay. emotional she has a book out now jane stork about the experience i haven't read it but it'd be interesting to go back and read it okay so uh, around this time the Bhagwan ends up dying at, in pune india And is said to have a a peaceful death. And there is media coverage. They come out and the doctor that was uh, attempted to be killed before comes out. And he's on there and he explains his last breaths at the commune. And everybody's, you know, really sad. And they do a celebration and it shows them burning his body, you know, celebrating Osho's life at this point. Kind of sad. And basically, that's where our story ends. I mean, you know, the Bhagwan is no longer with us today. To this day, he has, there is a following out there still to this day. Uh, And it's basically called Osho's Vision, is this new following. And it's developing in some communities today in South America, Europe, Asia, uh, and it's it's pretty crazy, right? Hmm.
0: Is the, the lawyer, lawyer is still, still in it, and he
1: it? is actually in the process of writing a book himself and talks about that on the show, mm-hmm. and so the show kind of ends with him. Okay. Very interesting. interesting. I didn't know much about it, and I think the reason why I ended up becoming so fascinated with this story was just all the drama it caused and being Mm -hmm. a registered voter and a homeowner, and it just is crazy to think that this happened in in our state, and it caused a lot of drama for us.
0: Do you think that that their intent was a good intent? Do you think that it was a fraudulent intent or a malicious intent? Like overall, do you think that the concept of people being able to buy property lawfully and develop their property, granted they didn't, you know, buy the permits that they needed and that's mm-hmm. a big deal, right? That is part of our law that you have things uh, permitted and all of that. But do you think ultimately that Sheila was right? And when she said that it was all a fraud or do you think that the intent behind it really was, um, I think, Maybe authentic.
1: the intent behind it was authentic when they were in Pune. But mm-hmm. I definitely feel like Sheila was a key part in bringing them to the United States. And I think when she did that, she came with an agenda. I, I, you know, that okay. that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the lengths that she was willing to go to to get this. Mm-hmm. And then I think it just kind of got away got away with her you know once they were able to come in and basically develop their city at that point you can't turn back you're gonna you're gonna do everything you can it's like her britches got too big
0: for her like so she was more you know obviously like the criminal thinking the criminal mastermind it's well on on her side
1: she's saying this came from the Bogwan,
0: right okay which is interesting because he got told totally off, He just off, was served to right? be like out of the he, country. He, can,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So regardless, we'll never really know. But it sounds like, you know, the women were ultimately punished. Yeah. And even if he didn't plan anything, he was complacent in it or he didn't do anything to prevent it. And so he, but yeah, he got off. Yes, and the attorney's, the attorney's take on
1: that is that the FBI have absolutely no proof that the Bogwan had anything to do with Sheila's pan. It was all Sheila. Well, I mean, I definitely don't think it was all Sheila. I think when the Hollywood crowd came in, I think she definitely turned to desperate measures. Mm-hmm. After hearing the interview with Sheila, when they started to bust the homeless people in, it sounded like that came from the Bogwan. He had told her that they need yeah. to they need to get into this uh, election and win to really make a difference. Mm-hmm. So then I think she mm-hmm. she came up with a plan. You know, maybe who knows?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty crazy plan. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is really wow, crazy. I, I hope you find it a little bit more interest in it after hearing the whole thing or at least learned something that you didn't know before I certainly did
0: I had no idea any of that happened I mean I like I said I had a little bit of an idea of or a memory of the Rajneesh but never never to this extent Thanks yeah. for sharing all of that my goodness you did a lot of It was on uh, Netflix a lot of research <laughs> It was all Netflix. <laughs> Thank you, Netflix. But still, I mean, it sounds like it's a good uh, documentary to If you're series interested in this, definitely
1: and... watch it. It's a definitely mm-hmm. good one to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. You know, what I think is interesting, too, is whether or not you subscribe to Eastern religions, Western religions, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, did this help people? You know, did did it at some point help people achieve what they wanted in their daily life or help them mm-hmm. heal from things and that helped you know some people feel or connect in different religions in different ways so whether or not you subscribe to his philosophies it sounds like a lot mm-hmm. of people did a lot of people were touched by it a lot of people were helped probably And so maybe there was some good, too, that came out of it. And it sounds like some that continues Mm -hmm. to come out of it for the people that are still following his beliefs. And maybe that's what we can take away from it is maybe some good did come out of all of that, even though it sounds like, you know, it also created a Mm -hmm. lot of chaos and a lot of drama and hurt a lot of people, too. Yes, for sure.
1: Thank you for listening, and stay tuned, and we'll be back.